You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Well, I have one interesting announcement to make here. I've been telling everybody that we're planning on new online stores here for the Paracast with a new site coming eventually and the TechNightOwl.com. So TechNightOwl.com, we just launched the store. If you go to TechNightOwl.store, you'll get there and you'll see some of the new offerings. We have this wireless set of earbuds and there'll be up to 250 different pieces of merchandise once the thing is completely ready, thanks to Anders. And we'll talk about the Paracast store, the new official Paracast store, next. Now, of course, last week we had a wonderful, wonderful time with that Earth spirit, Linda Godfrey. She had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun talking with her. And we thought, okay, we have this woman from the Midwest talking about monsters. Now we've got this guy from the Midwest who's also writing about monsters. And we haven't had him on the show in nine years. Jason Offit, nine years since we had you on the show. Why did it take long? so long? I don't know. I didn't realize it had been that long, but I guess guess it has. I, I, I'm not sure. Thanks for having me back on. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. We were looking into the archives and thinking, you know, there's a lot of guests we had in the early days that we never brought back on the show, not because they weren't good, because you were on the show twice in 2009 and 2010. And you did a show then, an episode, you had a book about monsters in your backyard or something. Right, and right. I wanted to ask you, first of all, just for people who haven't heard you and haven't listened to the show from nine years ago, and it is online from our site, what got you into the monster game? When I was a kid, I was, you know, I loved monster movies. I, you know, we had the local independent TV station on Saturdays. It would be monster movies all day. And when I should have been outside playing, I was glued to the monster movies. And then, I believe it was 73, might have been 71, uh, I was always a newspaper nerd. And I started seeing these stories in the Kansas City Star of a monster called Momo. And I was, absolutely fascinated because momo was in my home state it was a bigfoot story in my home state and i followed those stories for uh, for a couple of weeks because that's all you know the longer they were in the paper but i was really excited i even would pack a backpack with uh, with some sandwiches and you know some, some some you know gadgets and go out into the cornfield that surrounded my house looking for bigfoot footprints i, I didn't find any now momo is missouri monster right right missouri monster okay Yes. All right. And uh, yeah, it was seen over a couple of week period in the early 70s uh, by Louisiana, Missouri, which is kind of between St. Louis and Hannibal. I mean, that's cool here. So you got into monsters and I guess you went out in the working world. What is your day job? I am a uh, I, I teach journalism at, uh, at a university. I was uh, a print journalist for 17 years and uh, no, I, I teach it now. So do you, in the course of your instruction to your students, do you teach them how to write stuff about the paranormal at all? Uh, actually, I don't really bring it up unless they do, and they do bring it up a, quite a bit. But um, every once in a while, I will offer a class that I call paranormal journalism. And the, that class is, is designed, well, because I, I hate 
what the media does. If there's a, a story on uh, Bigfoot, they always quote Harry and the Hendersons. If there's a story about a ghost sighting, they always quote Ghostbusters. And if it's a TV news story on uh, uh, a UFO sighting, they play the X-Files theme, which completely discredits everything that any witness has to say. So I teach the, the, the students about you know, different, different aspects of the paranormal and how to report on it uh, with a straight face. And uh, the kids really take to it. So it's low-hanging fruit they're reaching for there. But we know what they do. How do you think the media should approach the paranormal? It looks like the New York Times is doing it because we have those articles from Leslie Kane that are sensibly treated. And believe it or not, it doesn't matter what your political viewpoints are. Tucker Carlson from Fox News is very, very seriously interested. He's had Nick Pope on there more than once, Leslie Kane. And he doesn't get into these rather acid comments. He's straight and serious. And you don't do that if you're not seriously interested in the subject. I think if you took him privately, he'd say, yeah, despite all the political implications of the things he does, he's seriously interested. So there are exceptions in the media now, but what should the media in general be doing to cover this stuff more accurately? Well, and, and um, I, I agree with, I mean, journalists who are uh, truly interested uh, will cover it straight as, as they should. But what, what, journalists should do is treat all of this seriously because there are uh, there's a good section of, of their audience i mean there, there were there are polls that come out all the time that show you know 75 percent of americans uh believe that you know there is there are there is intelligent ex- extraterrestrial life out there somewhere and there's like a good 38 percent that believe in bigfoot and you know a, a bigger percentage than in that, that that believe ghosts exist and you know a fairly decent percentage who said that they've experienced something like that so there is an interest and not just an interest in the in the public there's a need for for serious journalism on on these topics um i'm not necessarily wanting to know what's going you know going on at at area 51 but or and and, and s4 but you know what it'd be because uh, i don't think we're ever going to find out but you know what about research into into bigfoot why not take people like uh, dr jeff meldrum seriously when he's looking into bigfoot this guy is a serious uh a- academic and they they ignored it because they're afraid of ridicule ridicule and you know they should be braver than that and, and yes the new york times has been been handling things i was rather shocked uh a year ago last december december 2017 when they when they came out with uh, with their uh ufo stories i was i was pretty proud of them yeah what do you think of all of that that considering the way it's been handled we had it start off pretty seriously but then the whole to the stars academy thing kind of turned it into a money-making venture (laughs) you know on spec for an entertainment company yeah, I, uh, just now. You see, I was having a good time, and you <laughs> you bring that up. Um, it's not the topic that's that's the problem. It's the a lot of times the people involved, the people who are 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 the loudest. I was really, you know, interested when when Tom DeLong 
you know, started talking about uh, about UFOs and was really wanting to get to the bottom of that. I'm like, okay, this guy's got a name. He can get some attention. And then things went south. So, yeah, I, I, it, when it, whenever people um, involved in the topics start, you know, showing that, that they're really not that serious about it or, or downright hoaxers um, like the Bigfoot in the freezer a, a number of years ago, it really gives a bad name to everything paranormal. And, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's not, you know, to me necessarily just the journalists that are doing a bad job. It's the people involved in the paranormal that are doing a bad job as well. There are some people here who have the mistaken belief that you can actually make a lot of money from the paranormal. They do not understand how the book business works. They do not understand that it's only a very few people who can make a full-time job out of this if that's what you want to do. I mean, there's nothing that isn't honorable about work. We should honor work, of course. But if you work to perpetrate a fraud, that's different. What's also different, neighbors, is the Paracast Plus. For more information, please check out plus.theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com. We offer the ad-free version of this show, plus the After the Paracast podcast, plus that. TheParacast.com. Jason Offit is with us, and we're going to talk about his work and his newest books. With Gene and Randall, you're in The Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill, so what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know their good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice. And it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website, sunshinepillows.com. Or call us, 253-678-1361. Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361. Or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. 
Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10 years shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Go to GCNteam.com or call 855-GCN-MALL. That's 855-426-6255. GCNteam.com or 855-426-6255. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, understand, Jason, that when Randall does the stinger, the Paracast, he's talking from beyond, one step beyond. Okay, yeah, I heard the heard the echo. I, yeah, I figured he was was one step beyond. It's a dollar and a quarter, I think. Yeah. The, the echo effect. It's the special one from the dollar store. Anyway, yeah, seriously, really, only uh, three quarters of a step beyond. Actually, that never gets quite all the way. Getting back into this here, and I want to ask you about these things. Why did you start writing books on this subject? Because, as I said, it's a pretty difficult field to really do anything profitable in. Right. Well, and and, and it is. And, uh, I mean, two of the names that I can think of that have, you know, made enough money to live on just by, by the paranormal are, 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 are Stanton Friedman and, uh, and, and Nick Redfern. And Stanton speaks all the time. And Nick is the busiest man, I think, in the country. <laughs> he is always working. But, yeah, anybody, you know, most people aren't in this for the money. I am, by trade, a journalist, uh, which means I'm a I'm a I'm a storyteller. I like to tell people stories, and I like to in, investigate things and you know and, and unravel it for people. When I was a journalist, I really didn't didn't have time to do that because journalists, newspaper uh, especially for for decades, have been, <laughs> been absolutely overworked because they keep cutting the staffs. You know, we're too busy. You know, worrying about uh, you know what's going on at the city council meeting, and you know, there's a you know. Th- 
12 car wreck out on interstate 70 to cover you know we were so busy with those things we didn't weren't able to really you know do anything paranormal that you know unless it was halloween and and uh, you know the topic came up but when i started teaching all of a sudden i had summers off all of these questions that all my life i wanted answers to uh, i realized i have time right now to cover it so uh that's when i started writing books about uh, you know the on the paranormals about 14 years ago and you found that it wasn't hard to find stories in your own backyard being uh from missouri uh, you've got put the book haunted missouri and what lurks beyond the paranormal in your backyard Th these are really interesting titles what kind of paranormal stuff do we find in our backyard if we were to go out there well at the time that uh i wrote uh i wrote that book uh, what lurks beyond i was writing a uh weekly newspaper column on the paranormal for the examiner newspaper in uh, in independence missouri and it started, it started you know just dawned on me wait a second i'm getting a lot of these stories from around this area there are a lot of them so i i just started to to collect them and then i just started digging digging in and doing some really serious research about what's around where i live uh, i put a pin in a map with a, with a string attached to the pin i'd i'd tied a pencil on it and i drew a circle around you know of a hundred mile radius and i just started looking for all of the paranormal things that i could find within that circle and i found a couple of famous uh uh ufo stories from the late the late 60s early 70s plenty of ghost stories that i didn't include because that could have got repetitive but demon possession uh, a uh, uh dog man of uh, time travel uh there's a guy in a small town tried to build a time machine uh right outside my area uh the 100 miles just about 20 miles outside of uh my search area i found a mind reading dog I included him anyway, you know, telling my readers that this is outside my search parameters, but come on, it's a mind reading dog. I got to tell you guys about it. Yeah. Well, tell us about it. What, how do you, how do you know a dog is reading your mind? Well, this was in, um, uh, Marshall, Missouri, which is not quite in the center of the state, but it's, it's close. It's close. Um, Back in the 30s, uh, a man named Sam Van Arsdale, uh, he owned a hotel. And I think it was funny because it was called the Ruff, R-U-F-F Hotel. And he had a mind-reading dog. So anyway, he uh, was an avid bird hunter. And a friend of his, to play a joke on him, gave him the runt of the litter of this these uh, English Llewellyn setters. And... Uh, well, there was a joke on this guy's friend because the dog grew up to be a wonderful hunting dog. It was featured in a number of magazines. It just seemed to know where most of the, where the birds were, and was able to you know able to spook them out of the out of the brush. And eventually, something happened. Uh, Van Arsdale asked a question out loud because he again he owned a hotel. He said. There's a man from Kansas City here, and I don't remember where is he. And the dog went to a man, and Van Arsdale went and talked to him. And that guy was from Kansas City. That was the guy that Van Arsdale was looking for. So he started doing experiments on the dog, and what he found out was 
the dog would do what he told him. Um, and well, the, what he told him wasn't just fetch. It was, you know, if there was a group, in fact, I interviewed one of the girls that I'm about ready to tell you. Um, if there was a group of girls standing in a circle, he's done, he did this a couple of times, go find the girl in the red dress and the dog would go find the girl in the red dress. And if there were more than one, more than one girl in a red dress, he'd say, find the girl with the, with the red dress and the polka dots. And he'd go find a girl with the red dress and polka dots. And one time he said, go find the girl with money in her purse. And the only girl that had money, he went up to and this, <laughs> okay. right <Yeah>. and, <laughs> now and, i'm sorry to see what <laughs> right well and and this uh uh one of the little girls i i interviewed her i mean she was quite elderly at the time uh but she was convinced that this dog could read minds and and what van arsdale started doing was having jim predict um you know presidential elections kentucky derby winners uh, Young couples would come in, and if the you know the wife would be pregnant, and Jim would tell them whether it was a uh, a boy or a girl, and he had a perfect track record. People started coming from all over just to watch Jim the Wonder Dog perform, and people would speak to him in in German and Spanish, and he would do what they commanded. They would write commands on paper, even in shorthand and in foreign languages. Well, why would it matter if it was shorthand or foreign language? I mean, I wouldn't expect a dog to read English either. But Jim would always do what the notes said. Hollywood came, you know, he got wind of this, started reading articles, and and um, producer came and, and offered Van Arsdale a lot of money to buy Jim. Because, I mean, if you had a dog that could read the script, it'd you know, save money to train it. But he turned him down because all he wanted to have is a hunting dog. When Jim passed away, he was uh, buried uh, uh, right outside the uh, the cemetery, uh, the human cemetery in town, and he's still there. And uh, people will come and visit his grave from all over and uh, and uh, drop coins on his grave. At least he hasn't emerged from the grave. I want to ask you more about that, about the dog that can read your mind, or at least anticipate or understand the things you're saying. And I think all dogs have. Certainly different types of sensitivities here. Jason Offit is joining us. This is the third time, three times a charm on the Paracast with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective.
USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump has agreed to a three-week extension of funding to end the partial government shutdown without getting money for the wall. After insisting for weeks, the shutdown would continue until Democrats gave in to his demand for border wall money. I will sign a bill to open our government for three weeks. Giving bipartisan lawmakers three weeks to discuss border security spending. The bill ending the shutdown doesn't have any wall money, and Democrats say the president has finally agreed with them about opening the government first before the discussions. Hopefully now the president has learned his lesson. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer says he's hopeful for a deal in the next three weeks. The president said if the New Deal doesn't have money for the wall, he'll declare a national emergency to build it. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. Again, that's 800-871-3291. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we were talking about the dog that could read minds. Now, I think any dog can anticipate to some degree what's going on. The dog knows when you are going to be home. If they're used to you, they know you're going to be home They'll anticipate it and might just be their internal clock, understanding the regularity that is going on. But it seems the dogs will sense, for example, a coming earthquake. So every dog has an instinct that they understand what's going on. I see that in our own dog here, Teddy Bear, where he reacts a certain way knowing I'm going to be back. Whereas other people, he's going to bark up a storm. 
but he knows if I'm, you know, around the corner, he knows it's me, and therefore he's quiet, and his hearing can't be that sensitive. So saying that dogs have some sort of extrasensory perception or advanced perception doesn't surprise me in the least, but this dog seems to have had it in spades. Aren't they doing uh, experiments with dogs predicting earthquakes out in California? Something like that? I'm pretty sure I've heard about something something along those lines going on with them. Like they've got animals have a, a sense about things that seems to go beyond what the human range is at any rate. Right. When, when uh, you know, typhoons hit, it seems that animals know that it's going to happen and vacate the areas around the, around the shoreline. Dogs have also, um, uh, there have also been some dogs that are able to show that somebody's got cancer, you know, and, and, and be able to sniff out where it is. So there's a lot of things about dogs that we don't know and science doesn't know how to, you know, doesn't know how they can do it. Yeah. The, the predicting when you can, when you're going to be home is absolutely fascinating another thing that fascinates me with dogs and and with cats because there's stories about this are ones that get separated from their families over hundreds and hundreds of miles and it might take a cat or a dog five years to you know to cross the country but they'll find their their owners how does that happen yeah i've heard of more than one case about that actually well it's true i who knows exactly the you would think that they would lose this, the trail after so many hundreds of miles. Well, you would have to, but it, I mean, it's, is it a trail? I mean, it can't be a trail. They can't be smelling something over five years, especially since, you know, the, the people weren't walking. They were driving. You know, it's got to be something else. Well, but then again, you know, I, you can imagine, look at what geese can do. They can go fly for thousands of miles right to their exact nesting spots because they know somehow. And so, you know how dogs hang, like to hang their nose out the window and stuff like that? Their nose is so sensitive. It's like they can practically see just with smell. So maybe for them, when they're traveling along, they're just following their nose and remembering a sequence of smells that got them to the right place. You know, maybe that that uh, worked. That, 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 that's a maybe. I think the, and I, I read about this recently about eels. Whether they're in, in Europe or North America, wherever these eels are, they go to one spot in the Pacific or they, in the Atlantic Ocean around the Caribbean to mate, and then they swim home. Wow. I don't understand how that happens. Blows my mind. There's been a couple of good movies out about dogs. Too, like uh, there's uh, one I think it's called Hachi or something like that, a dog's tale, and it's it's based on a true story. It happens with Richard Gere and uh, you know, how this. This dog had this sense of when he was going to be there and not be there. And it's uh, quite a touching story if you're an animal or a pet lover. Right. I, I haven't I haven't seen I haven't seen the movie, but uh, animals can do so many things that we we don't have we don't have a clue to turn this back to the to the paranormal. We had a cat in this house that, that we lived in. Uh, my wife and I, when we first got married, that didn't like the kitchen. It would go around the kitchen. Every time it wanted to get into the back room, it would go back through the bedrooms, uh, but it would sit outside the kitchen, just out, outside, and stare at one spot in the kitchen. No place else, just one spot. So I always thought that maybe there was something in there it didn't like that it could see that we couldn't. Well, we want to segue in, back into the paranormal. We also tend to have like our own pets, our own dogs. They, they tend to act 
weird when there's these strange creatures around as well, according to some of the stories I've heard. Are you finding that in the research you've done as well? Uh, generally, uh, when, it, when it comes to, to, to ghosts, pets, dogs, and, and cats will react to them. Dogs seem to react uh, whenever there's a Bigfoot close by. I mean, that, that's, that, that, that's about it. When I, I wrote a book on uh, shadow people back in 2009 called Darkness Walks, and I didn't have any reports of pets going crazy when the shadow people were around. That's interesting. And I noticed that uh, on your website here, which is fairly well laid out and has all your books on it. You've got quite a few going here. And uh, it, it kind of does remind me, in a sense, you know, in the, in the spirit of the Redfern and so on, a lot of this stuff's... So can you tell us a bit more about some of these shadow people, like shadow people among us? It kind of suggests that they're like right there all the time, but we don't see them or something. Well, in some cases, that was it. I uh, was about eight or nine years old. Uh, The house I grew up in was, um, it it had been a two-room schoolhouse. It had been converted into a three-bedroom home, and um, it was six miles out in the country, and at one point when I was about eight or nine, I, I went to bed and there was, and well, since we were out in the country, I could, I could leave my window shades up all the time because, you know, there was nobody to look in. And if the moon was out, my room was a uniform shade of gray. I could see, you know, the end of my bed, my bookshelf, the Farrah Fawcett poster, the, the one with the, the maroon suit. And it's, that'll tell you how old I am. But one night when it was about that gray, I just laid down to go to bed and something moved in the corner of my room and it was black, blacker than, than everything else in the room. And all of a sudden it stepped out of the wall and walked past me and it was a man. It was, it looked like a two-dimensional human figure. I couldn't see any detail about it whatsoever and it just walked out into the hallway and then I yelled for my dad who dropped uh dropped some colorful language because he was already in bed uh turned on the light and there was nothing there of course but i this this happened on and off for for a couple of months and i I was fairly you know logically minded even as a kid and i tried to figure out what it was if you know it was an illusion because of clouds passing in front of the moon or maybe a car went by the house and the headlights bounced off of something but I looked and there were never any of those things and I couldn't, couldn't explain it. Um, so this so, wasn't happening when you were just waking up or falling asleep. You would no, be lying in bed wide awake, say before you'd fallen asleep. Before I'd fallen asleep. Yep. Wow. It was right when I laid down and turned the light off. Boom. It happened. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, um, that got me extremely um, interested. And in my head, I started calling them shadow people. I'd never heard of them before, but that's what they looked like. And um, later, uh, Art Bell um, started talking about shadow people, and he had a lot of people call in. And I'm like, in my head, that's what I saw. Right. Yeah. So and I, you and a lot of other people uh, as well. So did you find uh, quite a few other stories, I guess, that go in your book? So, uh can you tell us maybe a couple of the good ones out of that book here? A couple, right. of, mo- couple of the most amazing. Okay. Uh, yes. And I, um, I interviewed about 250 people for, for, for the book. And uh, yeah, there were some uh, really interesting ones. Uh, I mean, most of them were, were, uh, were fairly common um, and they were like mine. It was just a human shaped shadow that walked 
just walked by my bed, didn't take notice of me at all. And that was, that was a lot of them. And I, I called those things benign shadows since they, they never messed with me, but there were other ones. Uh, I talked with a guy that when he was 18, he was home from school and it was in the middle of the day and he was watching TV and something dark was in the corner of his eye and he turned his head and standing in the doorway that separated the living room from the kitchen, there was, he said it looked like um, a refrigerator magnet. Before we look into refrigerators and magnets, Jason, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. You may need this herbal tea for relief right away, so write this down, drmillersclinic.com. If you take meds, then suffer stomach distress, constipation, indigestion, acid reflux, and bloating, and nothing else helps, get Dr. Miller's Holy Tea or Super Holy Tea, a cleansing, detoxifying herbal tea, now available at great rates direct from Dr. Miller's office. Call or click 888-660-7039 or drmillersclinic.com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. 
you could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. A refrigerator magnet. How big a refrigerator magnet, Jason? Uh, about six and a half feet tall. You know, it was it was black like the back of a refrigerator magnet, and it, and it looked two-dimensional. And... The the um, entity seemed shocked when he saw it. When when he saw that that the that the person he was observing saw it, it turned and bolted into the kitchen, and he heard a crash. So he got up out of his chair and ran into the kitchen, and in just in time to see the thing run across the back deck, and they had the house was new. They hadn't put steps on the back deck yet, and it was like a twenty foot drop. And the thing just ran off it uh, and disappeared. But what the crash was is there was a double pane sliding glass door and the creature ran through it. And one of the panes was still intact and the inner pane, the outer pane was still intact and the inner pane was shattered. So whatever this entity was, it had physical mass to shatter that pane of glass, but then it passed right through the next one. Which was absolutely amazing. Or maybe it, it hit the glass and opened the door and went through it and closed it again really quickly. Well, there really wasn't enough time <laughs> between, <laughs> between it turning around and running and, and, and the guy getting up and following it into the kitchen. And, and that, that's another type of, uh, of entity that, that I found was fairly common is uh, people, um, when they notice a shadow person staring at them the shadow person seems surprised that they can be seen and and they generally take off running one of the other the other types of shadow people they seem to be omens and there's a a woman i talked to who noticed a shadow person outside her window she was i mean she looked outside her the window over the second floor of her house and across the street by a lamp pole in the middle of the day there was a shadow person standing next to the lamp pole and it kind of, it startled her, but it didn't really scare her because she sensed that it was staring across. It was staring at a house across the street 
And she noticed it there for like two or three days. And then one day, the first day she didn't notice it, there was an ambulance in, in the driveway. And the older elderly lady who lived across the street in that, that house had died. And she never saw that shadow person again. There are shadow people, um, legends, stories. Yeah, I, I worked with a, a woman who was, was talking she, at, at, a, at, the, at a newspaper. And she was talking to me about shadow people because she was really into the paranormal. And she said she started seeing a dark human figure in the corner of her eye, which didn't really startle her because lots of people report that. But then she started seeing it farther and farther into her you know, frame of vision until one day she saw it head on. And that day that she saw it head on, her husband came home from a doctor's appointments and he had esophageal cancer and passed away only a few months later. And she was pretty convinced that that, uh, that shadow person was an omen. Interesting. Well, what about you? The one that you saw, was there anything associated with it like that? No. And everybody uh, I interviewed who had experiences like mine, that a shadow person just walked through the room, walked past them on a busy street. Uh, Because these things aren't just at night. These things happen in the day all the time. Uh, Anybody who had that kind of story that the shadow person did not take notice of them, uh, there, there, there was nothing. So one of the things that, and, and there are plenty of stories of shadows with red eyes and, and shadows with fedoras that people referred to as the hat man. They are similar in that they're blacker than night, human shaped shadows that are usually, usually appear to be two dimensional, but their behavior is so different. You know, the ones that seem like peeping toms, the the ones with red eyes seem to feed off of fear. Uh, the ones that I saw that didn't seem to take notice at all that I, I'm and there are other ones that seem like residual ghosts. Um, I, I really think shadow people are a number of different entities that just happen to appear the same. What about female shadow people? Most of these, like, you know, it's more like shadow men or MIB men in black. Do you ever see any shadow women? I may have gotten one report of a, uh, a female shadow person, but uh, in fact, I'm saying may because it sounds familiar, but I don't frankly remember uh, 100%. But um, now they're men. Interesting. Like, I wonder why that would be. Uh, yeah. Who, who knows? Uh, there uh, have been reports of, of shadow cats and shadow dogs, but uh, female human-like shadows, no, none, none at all. Yeah, but I mean, you'd think if maybe there was just a slight difference, you know, maybe 60, 40 or something like that. But, you know, virtually every account I've ever heard of it, it seems to be like a male type figure. You know, it's got the pants and or the something along those lines, nothing overtly feminine with like a long flowing dress or something like that. I mean, there's been women in black. We've heard of them. But no, matter of fact. Nick, uh, Nick, Nick Redfern had a whole, whole book on, uh, women in black encounters, but yeah, with shadow people, it's, it's, it's male. Interesting. What do you think they are? Well, it really depends on which type of entity. Um, you know, uh, like I said, there have been some, uh, instances that to me sounded like, uh, residual spirits, um, uh, and maybe the shadow is all the energy they have to, to manifest themselves. The, the ones that, uh, that I saw, well, maybe, I don't know, John Keel had, had talked about window areas 
where um you know there are part there are areas in this world that the veil is really thin between between worlds between dimensions and sometimes things come through well i mean in in my case where they didn't take notice of me maybe that was a, a window area a thin place and i was actually seeing people from the other side but all i could see of them was their shadow and and then they're they're the ones with with the red eyes I interviewed um, experts in, in Christianity, uh, Islam, uh, American Indian shamanism, and uh, they all have shadow people, entities in their belief system. In uh, Christianity, they're they're demonic, they're demons. In uh, in Islam, they're they're the jinn. In um, American Indian shamanism, they're they're viewed as you know, the doctors, medicine men that started using their powers and their knowledge for greed, and that turned them into something that was less than human. But they all appear the same, and they all tend to do the same thing, which is, you know, feed off of, of fear and negative energies like that. Well, you know, th- that sounds pretty scary and serious. And, and you know, you are a, a professor at a university, you're um, inspiring people to take some of these experiences quite seriously but at the same time you don't always take yourself entirely too seriously and have written a couple of other books fiction and a parody how to kill monsters using common household items this sounds like it could be a really fun read if yeah i was just one day i was sitting around and i was like okay if a werewolf broke into my house right now what is within arm's reach to defend myself? Good question. And, yeah, the first thing I, uh, my eyes fell on was the cat, which, <laughs> which I, I labeled in the book as a werewolf distraction device. So first right. you throw the cat, the werewolf. Okay. Right, right. And then uh, uh, around the house, you've got to have you know, various implements laid around. I mean, you could use like uh, table legs, uh, turn over the uh, the garbage in the kitchen, especially if you open a tuna can, because, uh, you know, those lids can be extremely, uh, you know, oh, they can really yeah. cut up a foot. Um, and, you know, leave, uh, you know, bottles of vodka and, and lighters around the house. Um, you know, if you're, kids friends if your kids friends mom you know comes over and sees you know 47 bottles of vodka sitting around the living room they might be a little concerned about letting their kids you know come over and play but you know what what's you know i'd be more worried about my family's safety you know molotov cocktails right uh yeah oh yeah right just what we need is like a flaming yeah. bigfoot running around the house right <laughs> that that sounds like uh what if they're just there to hang out with you though man like you know maybe you know sit down and i don't know roll a reefer or something and well you know i it's, i never <laughs> quite thought of that and uh, uh it's too late now uh if a clown knocks on my door it, it's it's you know the book's out there it knows what's coming oh clowns yeah i think i'm more afraid of them than bigfoot actually so you know what do you do with the clown uh, Be- well, before we you- before we before we check into the clowns <laughs> the mystery of the clowns that's not clarabelle by the way it's not Clarabelle. That was the clown from the Howdy Doody show of Howdy the 1950s. Doody, yeah. Right, Clara. We'll have more into clowns. Gene, Randall, Jason, you're in. The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Clowns, indeed. Why should people fear clowns if they're supposedly just funny people wearing makeup? The, the, the makeup's an issue. Uh, I, think, I think that's a lot of the issue. One of the, um, you know, the, the, one of the t- main types of monsters, I mean, I, I love your lake monsters, your potential to have living dinosaurs, things of this nature. But when it, when it comes to monsters that I think are really scary, the more human-like, the scarier. Because they're so similar to us, but they're not us. And when it comes to clowns, they're ridiculous. And their face is covered by paint. And they have a smile on their face, but they're not smiling. You know, a lot of times a clown's not smiling, even though they're trying to to put that over on you. So I, I really think that has a lot to do with it because even though a clown is, you know, right out in full vision, it's still hidden. Something about it is still hidden away that it doesn't want you to see. And who does that sort of thing? Now the bad guys, <laughs> the bad guys what do you do though if one like you know comes to your house and then you know do you just don't laugh at its jokes no no here's another (laughs) thing it gets disappointed and turns out it goes away or or how do you defend yourself really really worried about clowns what you do is you buy a bunch of pie pie tins and some quick crete 
Because uh, a clown cannot resist getting a pie in the face. And if your pie tin's full of concrete, uh, you really don't have much to worry about. Of course. So we just need to keep a couple of those on hand just in case. Yeah, ab- absolutely. That'll, that'll do it well. The ones you really need to worry about are, are garden gnomes. Because they're really, really wily. Uh, that's why you always need to keep the, uh, the, the lawnmower gassed up and the blade sharp. <laughs> okay. I just got a visual there. All right, so you've got another book coming out, though, returning to the serious, and uh, tell us about that. Well, it's called um, Chasing American Monsters. I know a lot of the monsters in my state. I mean, we've got Momo, we've got um, uh, we've got space penguins, we've got uh, uh, the Ozark Howler, and you know the Bigfoot was seen has been seen a lot of places so i started looking into things and decided to research a book that lists the uh you know most famous or you know most ridiculous uh monsters from each state and uh, so that's what it is i've got all 50 states in uh in in the book in alphabetical order and i list the monsters and uh tell a story about each each one of the monsters and bigfoot had is the most prolific it's been seen in 49 out of 50 states 251 creatures cryptids and hairy beasts that sounds absolutely fabulous that should be on every person's bookshelf who is into the paranormal well i got my fingers crossed now of course, still taking this seriously, like Linda Godfrey, well, we had some questions for her, and I hope you don't mind if I ask a couple of the same ones. When it's not a problem. You, just to compare, uh, because the phenomena itself, as much as we can make fun of it and enjoy it and have a few laughs, people are really having genuine experiences with these, well, what seem to be strange creatures. We got into exploring sort of the parallel between these creatures and unidentified flying objects. So, for example, they have the ability to seemingly vanish into thin air or become invisible or shape shift or associated with maybe strange lights or even UFO sightings. Are, have you found something similar, similar parallels in your research as well? Right. Yes. I mean, and, and things like that are fairly, fairly common. And, you know, it just seems to be rashes of Bigfoot in, you know, sightings when there have also been uh, UFO sightings. Uh, I mean, that's been going on for, for decades upon decades. And, um, yeah, about them disappearing, you know, there's been, been reports of, you know, Bigfoot footprints all of a sudden just not being there anymore. They just end. I've always been a Bigfoot is a solid flesh and blood creature. Because it apparently does things that a flesh and blood creature would do, but there are also some 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 strange things that that not just mirror UFO reports, but but fairy lore as well um, about it disappearing. Other than you know the footprints seemingly stopping in the middle of nowhere, one of the things. Um, yeah, because I've spent time. I, mean, I grew up in uh, out in the country, and I, I spent time in woods. And there have been plenty of times when I've walked within a few feet of a deer, and I didn't know it until they got startled and stood up and took running. Okay, so I mean, the Bigfoot disappearing might just be some natural issue that they're you know just blend in with their environment. 
you know, it depends on the story, though. You know, like uh, I mentioned on the show that um, my older brother and his wife were out sitting in a car and this Hulk-like creature came up over the, the hill towards the car and it is as if it didn't see them. So they cracked the door open, let the dog out. The dog goes to chase this thing and there's just some fresh snow just on the ground and you can see where it chased this creature right up and back over the hill down into a bit of a gully where there was a barbed wire fence you could see the footprints end at the fence and that's all there was to it and the dog was completely mystified didn't know where it went and this was a dog that could jump that kind of a fence easily or go under it but the the footprints ended and there was nothing there right it's those it's those kind of stories and there are there are a lot of stories like that that really leave me mystified <laughs> um as to what big bigfoot might be but much like i was talking about the shadow people bigfoot might be more than one thing there are not just reports of bigfoot's bigfoot being associated with uh with ufos or 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 vanishing there are also different so many different types of bigfoot in the united states as well you know the the michelac skunk ape you know down in florida looks kind of like an orangutan we've got the harry and the hendersons let me bring that up that i said i didn't like bringing up looking bigfoot you know the messing with sasquatch beef jerky bigfoot and then we also have bigfoot that looks like just a really big hairy human it's got human features and not gorilla features like a, a lot of people report um there might be a myriad of different different types of bigfoot we've we've got in missouri uh, the momo and, and let's go down to um the honey island swamp monster in louisiana they both have three toes they leave three toed footprints all right bigfoot <laughs> leaves five toed yeah you know, that's what, pretty what, weird yeah, what mammal leaves three-toed footprints? Like a bird of some kind might, I guess. But, you know, I don't know about anything that even closely resembles an ape-like creature. But you briefly touched on um, wild, and well, it reminded me, I'm not sure if you were actually talking about the same thing, but they've got some uh, monkeys that have gotten out into the wild down in Florida. And uh, do you think people ever might mistake something like that for... You know, a small Bigfoot or something like that, like act, not knowing that these actually live out there in the wild down there now. Well, because the, the monkeys that are, are loose are smaller monkeys, you know, nothing of the nothing of the size of, of a Bigfoot. And I just recently read a, read a story uh, on that. Back in the 60s, a man was wanting to he bought an island and, and he was he was wanting to build a Tarzan type, uh, you know, uh, resort where, you know, people would you know come and do tarzan stuff and he before he got it built he bought a bunch of monkeys uh and and let them loose on the island and he didn't do enough research on the monkeys to know that they could swim so basically he dumped the island the monkeys on this island and then the monkeys went to the mainland one of the problems was is a lot of these monkeys were infested with herpes so uh, there are there are <laughs> There are groups of, of herpes monkeys loose in uh, you know the swamps of Florida. I don't want to joke about monkey business, okay? Because that's a bad joke. Oh, Therefore, I didn't make that joke. Hey, you didn't make that joke. I did not. With Jason, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Yeah.
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-213-9264 Call right now before it's too late. 800-213-9264 We depend on our drinking water supply daily, but where does that water come from? Your water provider encourages you to get to know your local water source so together we can protect and preserve it. The investments we make as a community to protect our water source now ensure we have a sustainable drinking water supply for the future. Visit drinktap.org to learn more. This message is brought to you by the American Water Works Association and your local water provider. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. 
GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Jason's a real trooper, and we're not going to talk about monkey business. So people, humans do stupid things. But what happened to the herpes infection in Florida? What, with the monkeys? I'm not aware of any other herpes infection other than the, the, the monkeys. Right. Yeah. They got, they got this disease and you're supposed to really kind of stay away from them because you don't want to in any way, you know, get this cause it can be pretty bad, I guess. It's a really not nice kind. Right. Yeah. Not that there's any good kind, but I, mean, I guess this is worse. There are some pretty benign kinds, you know, cold sores are annoying, but they're not going to kill you. This is, this is yeah. something a lot worse than that. Uh, one of the, you know, when I, when I was you know, talking about the different types of, uh, of Bigfoot, one of the things I've been spending a lot of, uh, a lot of time thinking about, I haven't really, you know, put, put you know, the you know research together or really just dove into the topic, but Dr. Uh, Dr. Melba Ketchum had what she was convinced is uh, Bigfoot DNA and had it um, analyzed and it came back as human, but there were some slight anomalies with it, but it was, it was mostly human. And um, there was a researcher in, in Alberta, Canada who had some Bigfoot hair and he was certain it was Bigfoot hair because he saw something that he was convinced was a Bigfoot and it brushed up against this tree and there was hair. Well, he had it analyzed and it was human with right. some slight anomalies. There was uh, in the past few years, I think it was in 2015, a, a British scientist hunted down the descendants of the almond named Zana. Um, Back in uh, you know the mid 1900s, there was a woman, not a woman, a wild woman, a large, really large, hair covered, wild woman, naked wild woman that was captured by Russian villagers and taken back to the village, and sort of tamed. Uh, and she did lots of work, but the village, some of the village men had had sex with her, and she produced offspring, and the offspring were more human than she was. And they had more offspring, and um, this British scientist did a DNA test of these offspring, which came back as human, but with slight anomalies. I- I'm going to take one step to the side, and the star child skull, which was, you know, supposedly a human extraterrestrial hybrid, the DNA test from that came back human, but with slight anomalies. A lot of Native American tribes had stories, have stories of Bigfoot, but they didn't consider it as an animal. It was just another tribe of big, hairy men, and sometimes they traded with it. What if these Bigfoot and extraterrestrials, which seem to have head, trunk, two arms, two legs, fingers, toes, eyes, two eyes, nose with, you know, two nostrils, a mouth, a neck. What if they are human? 
What if they're part of our family tree? What if that's why all of these tests keep coming back human? You know, science keeps poo-pooing this and saying, well, it proves that it's not a Bigfoot. What if they're just that close to us that they come out as human? Well, yeah, I mean, when you get into genetics, there's almost anything that's alive has a lot of genetic material that's the same as ours. I, I read somewhere that even trees don't differ in their genetic makeup all that much different than than ours. Of course, scientists know where to look for the differences. So even though the differences might seem small, they're really important. Well, yeah, absolutely. And that might just be what those slight anomalies are that make the Bigfoot the Bigfoot, that make, you know, an extraterrestrial, you know, not quite human. Chimpanzees are like 98% identical, you know, their DNA is like 98% identical to ours. Right. But then again, there's here we are again with this sort of parallel to the UFO phenomena in that we've got all of these stories. We have all of these experiences that people seem to be having genuine experiences. We even have trace evidence, like the hair, the hair samples that you mentioned, footprints, broken branches sometimes. And yet we have no body we have no bigfoot we can't seem to get a hold of a craft an actual alien saucer to be able to look at and study the way that science would want to in order to confirm what it is and how it's made and so on so you've got this exact parallel again where okay people can chase it and away it goes it disappears and then nothing until the next sighting you know just like i mentioned the fairy lore you know, it mirrors a lot of that as well, uh, along with, uh, you know, abducting, abducting humans, uh, of replacing uh, human babies with uh, an, an elf, a weak elf baby that, you know, could be construed as maybe, maybe a hybrid, um, you know, yeah, spiriting them away. The, and, and whenever they return them, you know, a person might be laying naked in the field and not remember what happened the past three weeks. You know, there's right. a lot, a lot of parallels. I guess what implied there is that maybe we're dealing with the same phenomena that's just manifesting itself in a different way oh right exactly all of it could be just the same thing fairy lore uh could have just been you know you know 800 years ago however they you know or however many centuries ago that they explained the extraterrestrials it just could be it and one of the things let's let's take a step back to bigfoot that is always made me curious is one of the uh explanations to bigfoot is that it's a species of north american primate it's an ape possibly uh and i think grover krantz uh is the first one to, to postulate this that you know maybe the gigantopithecus came over from from asia across the land bridge and that's what it is well if it's an ape why does it have human feet why does you know why doesn't it have very the toe similar well, yeah, why doesn't it have a toe on the side of its foot like, uh, you know, all of the great apes? Why is it, you know, shaped a lot like an enormous human footprint? I mean, yeah, if we're assuming those footprints are real and genuine, of course, I guess, you know, just, just like in the UFO field, you've probably got uh, any number of hoaxes as well. I mean, we, how do we rule those out? Well, 
yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, you know, you know, lots of people out there scheming for one re- reason, uh, you know, uh, or another uh, to try and fool everybody. Uh, I have no idea what Tom Biscardi's up to, but every time his name comes up in regard to Bigfoot, you know, it, it's a, some some money making deal he's been working on. You know, I so right. whenever his name comes up, I, I don't trust it. I don't I don't know what um you know, I can't remember the name of the guy from Colorado who took a picture of an alien in his window. Um I know who you're talking about. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. I should know that too, but uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, what was he what was he really looking for? I mean, with balloon There's some Boy, people that still <laughs> believe that, that you know. <laughs> that. Well, yeah, there are. There well there were people who you know, I still believe the um, one-armed Swiss farmer. God, I'm I'm really Edward bad Myers right now. Yeah, Billy Meyer, Billy Meyer. Yeah. You know, and the, those are like hubcaps that he took pictures oh, of. But it's they're so bad. Ton- hey, we got break it here. We'll break it here. Ah, yes, he who shall not be named. We used to refer to him that way. Jason, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The partial government shutdown is over for the time being. We have reached a deal to end the shutdown and reopen the federal government. All in favor say aye. Aye. Within hours, Congress voted to fund the government through mid-February and issue back pay to hundreds of thousands of government employees. Only one day before, the president was vowing to hold firm for border wall money. We have to have border security. We have to have a wall in order to have border security. You cannot have border security without a wall. Democratic leader Chuck Schumer explains where there is some compromise. There are many of us who don't like the wall. It is expensive, ineffective. But there are many other kinds of border security that both Democrats and Republicans can agree upon, and I think we'll be able to agree and avoid another shutdown. You're listening to USA Radio News. Every hiring manager knows that a company is only as good as the people it's made from. So where do you find the best people? That may surprise you. Meet the grads of life. 
Young adults have unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. This is talent worth knowing about. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal Hair Care System is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Well, using hubcaps is not unusual. He had some pretty weird hubcaps, though, like the wedding cake photo. I don't know if you saw that one. Yes, I, I've seen a lot. And uh, yeah, there was one that looked like um, my mom had in, uh, when I was a kid. And, um, um, uh, there's this little machine on the, that sat on the counter and, and she cooked eggs in it. And it, it looked, one of right. his pictures looked right. exactly like that. Of course, you know, and then it was uh, immortalized in the uh, I Want to Believe poster that Fox right. Mulder had, of course, in his, on his wall. So it's all still really colorful and interesting, regardless. Uh, even picking out the, the hoaxers from the genuine stories is kind of fun and entertaining and interesting because there really is a mystery there. Just because, uh, you know, Meyer created a bunch of hoax videos and stories doesn't mean that other people did, too. Right. I know. And that's what frustrates me is I know there's real there are real stories out there. There's real evidence out there. But. It's it's people like 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 Meyer that uh, and Biscardi. It's like you're ruining this for everybody else. The people who are out there with real stories and you know real photos or you know real evidence. Nobody's going to take them seriously because of you. Just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But and then there's that parallel again. You know we know people have sightings of strange craft in the sky, and yet. To pin down which sighting, even some of the best sightings that are commonly referred to in the books and stuff, the, the skeptics can really put a lot of doubt into a person's mind about those to the point where you have to admit, well, 
okay, it doesn't seem reasonable to say that nobody's having these experiences, but we can't tell with 100% certainty exactly which ones are true. Right. We just know it's going on. but And so it leaves us in this uh, sort of twilight zone of what's happening out there. And it's extremely frustrating because as Fox Mulder said, I, I want to believe. I do. Um, I, I tend to look things, look at look at things more scientifically than than some people, and you know, I, I want that evidence. When it comes to shadow people, you know, I saw one. I'm okay with with knowing that those things actually exist. Um, with with Bigfoot, I think there's honestly, I think there's enough evidence there that if you took it to court, along with eyewitness testimony and some some of the plaster casts that have dermal ridges on them, uh, that experts have said, wait a second, this is this is from an animal. There's enough evidence there to prove that that a Bigfoot exists if a court would ever take that on. That or, something happened. Something. But, I mean, ghosts, I mean, the, the thing is, with science, it's got to be, you either have to have a, a body, or you've got to have some, you know, phenomena that's that's repeatable. Yeah, you've got to have and, material evidence. Right. And, I mean, you're not going to get that with a ghost. I guess it depends on what ghosts are. I mean, we get into this from time to time on the show, and I, I'm, I do believe people are having experiences, but exactly what it is is another question. In your uh, interviewing people about the shadow people, has anyone just ever tried shining a flashlight on them? Yes. Uh, there was a woman uh, I interviewed, and this has been, I interviewed her in 2008, so I'm not going to remember her name. But her and a group were at the um, Waverly, uh, Waverly Hills, and she was just sitting in a hallway, just waiting for something to happen. And she had a flashlight, it was off. And she saw, she said, what looked like, it could have been a guard doing its rounds, but it was a shadow person, two-dimensional type thing. And when it got close enough to her, she shined the light on it. And she said it lifted its arm up and looked at its arm and then shook it. And she said it was like maybe the light was burning it. And it just turned around and ran back down the hallway the way it had come. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I yeah, especially since... Well, like I've said before, I gave you two stories that it happened during the daylight. So daylight apparently doesn't uh, doesn't bother them. Right. Yeah. They seem to be like kind of almost like a, a black hole in the in a lighted room. Like the, I saw something that I can only call a shadow person go past my kitchen window one day. And that's what it seemed like. I thought, OK, well, maybe it was just a shadow of some you know, airplane or a large bird flying over or something like that, but it was just too dark and weird and, and then suddenly picked up speed and just left like very, very quickly. So, you know, a shadow, a moving shadow, I don't think a bird or a plane could do that. It was like, it was kind of crouched into another shadow. And then it just, when it came out of the shadow, it was like, it was still part of the shadow. It was really weird. Yeah. I don't want to see that stuff. Uh, I, I saw it once and I, that that's enough. I, I love everything about the paranormal as long as it's happening to somebody else. So <laughs> you just keep having those experiences for me. <laughs> well, I don't have them very often. How about other kinds of animals? Uh, we got into talking about, uh, say, giant birds. Have you run into any stories of those? I love those stories. I hope well, you've got one. A couple of different types of, of giant birds. There was a, uh, a pilot in, uh, in Alaska. He was flying a small plane and noticed a, a, a shadow. There was a, dark, a shadow over him. So he moved the plane and there was a bird 
that looked like uh, a large uh, turkey vulture that was about the you know the wingspan was about the size of the wingspan of his plane and he flew near it for a while until it till it banked and, and took off but the description of the animal and the size of the animal and this was like i think in the 1980s was that of a terratorn and a terratorn was uh you know a relative of like a you know, condor um you know that that kind of that kind of a bird that had you know wingspans of you know 20 20 plus feet they died out during the pleistocene I mean, that's that's what, you know, Native Americans referred to as, as a thunderbird, because when they started flapping their wings, the sound sounded like thunder. And there have been reports you now, not just in Alaska, but uh, uh, a number around, you know, in New England states as well. Up, up to the point to where uh, I'm trying to remember the state, it might have been Connecticut, that a uh, woman and, and, her, and her small child was maybe about six were outside and what was described as an enormous eagle came down and picked the kid up and tried to take it away. It started flying off with it and the kid was screaming and thrashing and the mom was screaming and, and and the bird dropped him, but he could have easily just kept going. There was a a case in Utah back in the 1800s that was published in, uh, in a newspaper that group of people were were on an island out in the uh, out in the Great Salt Lake, and and they had left their horses on the bank on the on the other side on the you know the the other side, and all of a sudden an enormous bird flew toward the horses, grabbed one, and flew up to an area uh, that was fairly close to the to the island, and just started eating the horse. And they said they were close enough they could hear it crunching its bones. Oh my God! I mean. That sounds impossible. It's what the, I mean, really, a horse is heavy. Right? Well, Damn. one of the things about the uh, newspapers in the 1800s is that uh, they were very sensationalistic. Right, sort of like the tabloids of today. There's a lot of um, mystery airship sightings that were you know, basically just fiction, I know, of uh, quite a few of those. Well, but those things, those things took place uh, all through the Midwest. Uh, and down to Texas, I think the most famous one happened in uh, Aurora, Texas, and was it 1897 when one of these uh, slow-moving airships hit a windmill and crashed, and uh, the the occupant, the sole occupant of it, which didn't quite look human, it was human-ish, but not quite human, was dead, and they buried it in the cemetery. Right, they made a really bad movie out of that, if I recall. <laughs> I didn't know they made a movie, but uh, since I haven't heard of it, I'm sure it is pretty yeah. bad. We had a guest on who was talking about it as well. It it goes from being debunked to rising up out of the grave again, and with sort of new circumstantial evidence to say, well, now something really weird actually did happen back then. Well, it's a fun story. Well, we're on birds. Other Other stories about birds, which I absolutely love are uh, pterodactyls birds that resemble pterodactyls have been seen uh, throughout africa uh new guinea um some in australia we'll do that and we'll okay. cover the rest of it in a moment more to come with gene randall and jason you're in the paracast <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Many people believe they don't control their own destiny. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Just visit startlivingyoung.com and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health company with over a billion a year in sales. They'll provide all the tools you need to succeed. Visit startlivingyoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Your destiny awaits at startlivingyoung.com. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. 1-800-919-5435. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. 
Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. As we continue talking about pterodactyl sightings, now when you were mentioning this, Jason Offit, I was thinking here, well, maybe we have a few missing links. Maybe we have a few creatures that time passed by that are still out there. And as a result of which, occasionally they show up. Right. And flying, flying to some of them there. Um, I interviewed a, uh, a professor with the University of Missouri uh, who spent a lot of time in, in Africa. And the local tribesmen um, have stories of the Kongamato. And from their description, one of the times that he went down there, he took uh, a, a book that had pictures of, you know, flying dinosaurs. And they, you know, were pointing at it saying, yep, that's, that's it. You know, and, and, and again, these things have been described in various countries. Uh, there have been a number of cases in Texas and, and in the desert Southwest and in, and in Mexico of these flying dinosaurs being seen one one was in in the late 1970s three uh teachers were driving home from a conference in texas and they noticed something was in the sky above their car and they looked out and it was a pterodactyl that was flying over the car there were teachers i would think that teachers would know what a pterodactyl looked like you know and and the, the, you know there are parts of this world that you know when when um the disaster hit the 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 extinction in in uh, you know sixty five million years ago. You know why couldn't pockets of these things have survived? You know, and then there's stories. I think the most famous uh, dinosaur story is the Mokalia Mamimbe from the Congo, which that term means he who dams up rivers, and the description is uh, an, an Apatosaurus. Why couldn't an Apatosaurus live? You know, way deep in the jungles. You know, just waiting for us to discover it. I'm, I'm, I've always loved dinosaurs, and I'm really intrigued by by the possibility. Oh yeah, I gotta love the. You know, remember being a, you know, a kid, and whenever one of the journeys to the past type movies would come on, or you know, the twenty Valley years of the BC. Valley of the Guanji, <laughs> and they had the claymation fight between the the Triceratops and the T Rex, and it was just like I just loved that stuff. It's fun to imagine these creatures, and but again, they all seem to conform to this same sort of pattern where people seem to be having genuine experiences of them, and yet we have no material evidence. Linda was telling about another sighting of a strange bird where you know, the guy actually got to follow it and watch it take off and said that the wingspan covered the entire road. It was like a two-lane road. You know, so I asked, well, you know, why don't these things ever even drop a feather or something? You'd, you'd think that they'd have to be huge, like two feet long feathers or something, but there's just nothing. And that's one of the problems. I think anything involved in the paranormal and the unknown, they're all jerks. <laughs> they don't show up when you want. They don't drop the right DNA when you want. They give us absolutely no evidence. Why, if, if, if there are... Oh, I think uh, the BFRO estimated there's probably like 20,000 Bigfoot in North America. You know, why hasn't one been hit by a truck? 
Yeah, you'd think there'd be something, and and so this is really, this is really interesting. Why it, in that to me with all of these data points that we see to compare the two, it's got to be connected somehow. If it was only one or two of these particular traits or aspects of the paranormal, then well, maybe they're not connected. But when so many of them are, it just it's all it's irresistible to not connect them. Well, and, and I think a good example of that is uh, is UFOs, because you brought up the airship wave. And even if some of the, the stories were fake, because you know some very well could have been true. But look at what they were. This was this was 1897, and we had hot air balloons. We were what six years away from the Wright brothers flying at Kitty Hawk, and we had with these airships uh, zeppelins, basically. With headlights. Yeah, uh, exactly. And people would, you know, see them slowly moving across the sky and people were waving from the deck and they could hear music playing. And that was just beyond our technology. And then let's, you know, take a leap up to World War II with the Foo Fighters, these balls of light that, you know, flew on the, you know, on the outside of the, of, of the wings of not just our airplanes, our fighters, but the German fighters too. We both thought it was the other side that had developed some weapon, but it was just beyond our technology. Then we had, you know, the the, the cigar-shaped rockets of of the fifties. Then and and followed by by saucers, and then followed later by uh, triangular, um, you know, triangular black craft. All of these things are just beyond what we're ready to do ourselves. So what's messing with us? Exactly. What's playing around with us? Yeah, that's the real question, isn't it? Because as much as we've got this sort of lack of material evidence, we still have all of these experiences that are inexplicable. Anyone who does any serious research into it is going to come to the conclusion that look, not all of it is just misperceptions or hoaxes. Something real is going on and it's pretty weird. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. I saw this is my only um you know real I I've looked up in the sky forever. You know, I was one of my first favorite TV shows was was Star Trek, the next one was Lost in Space. So I lot, watched a lot of reruns as a kid, watched a lot of space movies. So I've loved looking up at the stars. And there was one time I was about 15 years old and again, we lived way out in the country. Our closest neighbor was about a mile away. And it was, uh, my, my dad was a farmer and it was late. He, he came home from planning, planning, and it was like nine or 10 o'clock. And I heard the truck come in and, but he didn't come in. And mom, I said, Jason, go out and check on your dad. And I did. And he was just leaning against the side of his truck and he pointed up in the sky that of the field that was between our house and the other house, you know, way, 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 uh, on the other side of the field. He said, do you see that? And I looked and there, it looked like, you know, you take a hole punch, you know, you punch a hole in a piece of paper. It looked like, you know, there was a giant hole punched in the sky. There were stars everywhere, but this big black circle was there. And we stood there for a while and then we could hear a hum. And I went and got my mother and she came out and she could hear the same thing. And a few months later, we get a phone call and it's our neighbor across the field. And he asks, 
do you see that thing that's above the field? And and we all did. So it wasn't just us seeing it. It was our neighbor confirming that we'd we'd seen it. I have no idea what it was. My my dad and I stood out, out there for for you know longer than mom did, but uh, it eventually just went up and up and up and and disappeared. What was that? That's a fabulous story. That that is really amazing. I've never seen anything quite like that. I've had a, a sighting, but that that is really cool. Yeah, and it could have been. I'm not ruling out it was something from the United States government at all. Well, Um, how fast did it go up and disappear? That's you know where I'd go with that because sure we can make we could probably make really large, reasonably silent flying craft, you know, made with lighter than air technology. But to have them say suddenly accelerate from zero to Ten thousand miles an hour. No, we don't have anything like that. It did just it. It was slow. It just slowly went up in the sky and disappeared. Well, it could have been some kind of tech. Yeah, for sure. Possible. Yeah, I, I I remember I was well. I was in college in the nineteen eighties, and I went to college um, in a town called Warrensburg, Missouri, which was really close to Whiteman Air Force Base. And Whiteman is where they keep the B two, uh, the stealth bomber. Right. And, I had just watched a news program where they had a story about the stealth bomber. And a couple of days later, I was driving on on the highway that was very close to Whiteman. And I saw a stealth bomber in the sky. And if I hadn't seen that news program, I would have thought the aliens were there and I was dead. You see, this is one of the issues to talk about here, Jason, and we'll get into it in our next segment. What percentage of early sightings were actually test aircraft of some kind, and because of the imprecision of human perceptions, especially with something that comes as a surprise, well, we can alter a few things, and suddenly that which was unknown becomes that which is known. That's a strange way of putting it, isn't it? Anyway, Jason Offit, author of books on the paranormal, monsters, and other stuff, with Gene, Jason, and Randall. Jason, it's your turn. You're in thank you for listening to gcn visit gcnlive.com today we also have swag you know we have all these exclusive powercast things that you can buy We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great t-shirts fabrics and they have our official logo on them that's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors we even have stuff for children stuff for women stuff for men we have all sorts of sizes like small up to x large a lot of good stuff that's the swag from the powercast you go to store.thepowercast.com stop by and take a shopping tour 
Childhood is full of wonder, and we get the chance to relive it with our grandchildren every day. But imagine missing special moments with a grandchild or seeing them through cloudy vision. The Foundation Fighting Blindness can help by providing valuable information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Age-related macular degeneration is the leading cause of vision loss in people 55 and older, but it doesn't have to be. The Foundation Fighting Blindness is driving research and saving sight by providing information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Don't miss a moment of your grandchildren's youthful wonder because of poor vision. Learn more about vision-saving preventions and treatments. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD. Or go to the website fightblindness.org where you can find so much helpful information. Call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. That number again is 1-800-BLINDNESS or fightblindness.org. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Yes, he's watched Harry and the Hendersons too often. Oh, God. Now, the thing I'm interested in here is the percentage or the possibility of sightings that were test aircraft. But we, not expecting it, maybe attributed certain maneuverability to them that really didn't exist. Going back to World War II, there's a guy who wrote a book called The Rosetta Deception, James Carrion. And he claimed that the predominantly the ghost rockets were designed to spook the Russians in the early days of the Cold War. And he has a similar theory with his Roswell Deception book. And then we get on to the stealth fighter, as you say, if you didn't know a stealth fighter existed, you might identify it as something strange. We experimented with saucer-shaped craft, what, late 40s and early 50s? That too, what do you think? Well, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, the newspaper report on the Kenneth Arnold sightings in, in uh, 1947 the newspaper called them flying saucers because Arnold said that they were, you know, like a, a saucer skipped, uh, skipped across water, but that's not what the ships looked like. How Kenneth Arnold described what the ships looked like, looked a heck of a lot like the German flying wings. That was a prototype air, aircraft from, you know, world war two. And wow, we just happened to have all these German engineers in the United States, we brought over with, uh, you know, Project Paperclip. Why, why couldn't that have been, uh, you know, the prototype German aircraft that, that our guys were now working on? It, I think they very well, very well could have been. Uh, a lot of these things that, that we see are most probably it. No, Percentage-wise, I have no idea. That seems to make a fair amount of sense. There are people who've tried to find evidence that it was the flying wing, like one of the Horton brothers aircraft or something here made by us but they haven't had any luck with that but sort of a rule of thumb that i tend to go with is that if we can make it it probably was something we made rather than leaping to the conclusion that it must have been from another world or another planet or another universe if humans can make it and they were making them at that time it was probably something we made and we just don't know about it it might not be but Without the evidence, I think it's safer to say, well, it probably was, than to say, oh, no, it had to be aliens. 
Right. I mean, lo- logically, if we, yeah, like you said, if we could have made it and we were working on it, you know, probably was us. But what about craft like, uh, you know, the Phoenix Light? You know, people described, you know, rectangular ships the size of football fields. Can we do that? And they were they were hovering. Yeah, we can do that. But they can't accelerate the way that some people describe them. That's the trick. I mean, they've got huge, huge lighter-than-air lifting machines that are in rather odd shapes. And I think the biggest one is made in Russia. But you can imagine something like that up there without any lights on it. It could have super quiet electric motors that could make it move along uh, very slowly without any perception from the people on the ground that you've got a large, silent craft up there. So that's right, and possible. Most people don't know about things like this. So what's the first thing they're going to jump to? It's, exactly. Yeah. Another question that I had asked Linda now, uh, getting back to the cases that are real or that do involve something that is truly alien, is that author Jenny Randall's coined a phrase called the Oz factor, where people sort of find themselves in an odd state of consciousness or a reality shifting when these types of events occur. Are, do you find the same thing happening with sightings of strange creatures? With creatures, no, with, this is more of a, I mean, that, that's kind of a UFO type thing. Um, not necessarily a, a lot with, with, with monsters. Usually with monsters, things are, you know, fairly, fairly normal. Yeah, they're fairly normal with monsters. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, you know. But when well, it comes to like UFOs and 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 well, just I mean, and missing time. I mean, you've got fog comes in, and all of a sudden you're someplace you didn't know you were going to be. Right. And uh, you know, generally with monsters, a lot of you know people are like, I've been hunting in the on this property for thirty years. I know it like the back of my hand. I know what kind of animals are here. And all of a sudden I saw this boom, scared the hell out of me. You know, it's, it's generally that, that sort of thing. Interesting. You know, I was, this is apropos of nothing. And I think we should intersect this. There's a report online here of HuffPost, for example, laying off 10% of its workers, close to 10%, primarily in the opinion and health sections. There's a report, of course, at USA Today, the Gannett chain had to drop a number of people from their organization. They, just looking at BuzzFeed, another major source of news, is laying off 250 people, 15% of its workforce. And we talk, of course, about coverage of paranormal events and what can we do to make the media take them more seriously. And it shows that right now the media is being decimated because these places aren't generating enough money. It's all about money. They're not generating enough income to sustain an operation. They have to lay off people. Quite often, those are the people you want to cover the paranormal, to really seriously investigate these stories. How do you feel, guys? Well, the main, yeah, that's, I've been, you know, beating this drum for 20 plus years. People want, you know, they want to buy newspapers. They want to tune into the evening news. They want to, you know, listen to, you know, news talk radio for news. They want to know what's going on, not just what's going on, 
but how it affects them. I want to know how something affects me. How is it going to affect my kids? How is it going to affect me five, 10 years from now? And the news organizations are just looking at their current right now, bottom dollar. And the easiest way to shave money off is to get rid of your employees. Okay. When by, you know, if you get rid of your employees, the quality of news production goes down. So the people who want news are going to turn, you know, turn away, turn to someplace else, uh, just get their news off of, you know, blurbs on Facebook, whatever, because the news organizations aren't giving them, they aren't satisfying them. It's, it's a spiral of decline in the newspaper industry and they haven't figured out how to fix it. The way to fix it is bolster the news department because that's why people care about your business to begin with. And nobody's doing that. Yeah. Like you say, it's just, the easy fix is to just dump personnel and that's kind of a shame, but I suppose, well, what else are they supposed to do if they're facing it's either that or going under or whatever the case may be. But you know, this is really interesting because we've got a question in our question bank from TDSR that's right along these lines. And he'd like to know if um, most of your book sales are in Missouri locally, because you seem to, perhaps because you write about where you are or, and does, do you find that promoting your books are worth it considering we live in this click hyper delivery age where, you know, people want instant information. Who's got the time to order a book and wait till it gets there. And then, you know, sit around and read it. So how are you finding the publishing business and where do you sell most of your books? Well, it's, it depends. It depends on the book. Um, like for, for haunted Missouri, uh, uh, the, the couple of books I've done on Missouri have, have, have been better sellers in Missouri, of course. Um, my, my book on shadow people that has sold well everywhere because it, it's not just a topic that affects every place. I mean, I have stories from, you know, every, every continent, but, uh, Antarctica. So, well, there might be shadow people there. I have no idea because there's you know not enough people down there to you know report on it. But it it, it really depends on the book. Um, I, I wrote a travel log, which that was you know that, that sold basically just where I went. But you know my my fiction my my fiction books have been you know pretty even across everywhere. Let's do our break here, and we'll talk more about this. The publishing business. Gene Randall, Jason, you're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. 
Heart-related health problems affect millions of people each year. Maybe you're one of the many who suffer from issues related to angina pain, high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeat, or clogged arteries. There is a solution that doesn't involve expensive prescription drugs that only mask the problem and leave you with horrible side effects. If you are ready to live your life free of sickness, pain, and fear, live your life with increased vitality, energy, and youthfulness, and experience your body healing itself, then you're ready for heart and body extract from Healthy Hearts Club. Here is what one satisfied customer had to say about heart and body extract regarding his angina pain. I haven't had an angina pain since I've been on it. The heart body extract is just so great. I thank God that I was led to this product that's doing so much for me and that can do so much for other people. Call to order your two-month supply of heart and body extract today. Call 1-866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, I used to write computer instruction books like on AOL, on the iMac, etc., And I got paid a decent amount of money in the 1990s. In the 2000s, the advances went down because sales went down. And as you say, if a news organization is losing money, they're probably going to take personnel from different departments and get rid of them because they need the money. Now, in the case of HuffPost, it's owned by Verizon. Verizon has deep pockets. Verizon did not have to lay off these people 
there has to be another way. But if it's just an organization that only runs a news outlet, one or more, where do they get these people from? The printing department, they can't if they have hard copy newspapers. They can't get rid of printers. They can't get rid of possibly office staff because they need people to process orders and handle subscriptions. So where do they get the people to fire? And how do they manage if they don't fire these people to stay in business? Well, a lot of people who are not getting fired don't work there anymore anyway, because there's a lot of things that are automated. Print on demand is extremely popular right now. Uh, Meaning if somebody goes and orders a book, that book is printed and mailed to you. There are also uh, e-books. I think they've backed off a little bit now, but a couple of years ago, e-books outsold print books. So there's still tons of books out there being sold. Uh, there are just not quite as many people in in, uh, in the business doing it because it's it's been a lot of it's been automated. When you I have print like on that. demand, though, it's not a traditional printing system. It's like a copying machine because Xerox is one of the companies that makes these things. It's like a copy machine that does the collating and turning them into a book and doing, I guess, the perfect binding. It's all done by machine. You don't have printers sitting there running these things. It's all automated. You know, there, there are a number of traditional publishers who've gone the, the print-on-demand route so they don't have, you know, boxes of books that haven't sold sitting in their warehouse. I mean, there are still lots of traditional printers who do print all these books and, you know, try to sell them all. But, uh, I, I, you know, a lot have gone, um, you know, to, to print on demand, which it makes a lot of, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it sure does. I like having a book, actually. I've got an iPad and I could use that and I've got a laptop and I have computers. But I look at the screens so much that it's, it's just nice to not have to look at a screen if you're doing it a lot. And who doesn't these days if they're working? unless you're out in construction or something like that, everybody is dealing with a screen. Right. And I, I agree with that completely. And I love the feel of a book. I love flipping the pages. Uh, I especially love the smell of an old book. You know, I love all that stuff because I, I even will ask my students uh, about their reading habits. And, and there are a lot of students who are like, I don't like eBooks. I, I like a real book, which, which gives me some hope. Uh, the last time I was on an on an airplane, the last few times I was on an airplane, uh, I remember thinking each time as I was reading a physical book and looking at everybody else on their um, you know on their Kindle or their their iPad or whatever, I was thinking you know I'm not going to run out of batteries. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's not even that easy because the battery on something like an iPad is internal. It's not easily removed. It's going to last a couple of years before it fails to take a charge. And then all you have to do is bring it to the store. And I think Apple's charging like $69 now to replace some of these batteries that used to be more expensive. And then your product gets a new lease on life. You don't worry about replacing individual batteries. It's just the charging device. You know, Apple used to have batteries that people could take out and and, uh, replace themselves. When, when did that stop? It's also a matter of reliability, product reliability. It's not to force you to buy an Apple battery because there are a lot of third-party stores that do this. And I cover this beat over on my other radio show, The Tech Night Out Live. A lot of it, I think, is reliability, which is why you can't change the memory, the RAM. 
on many Apple products. It is people do it themselves and they mess it up and, and they weigh that against the service calls of fixing a product where somebody damaged it. It's not just opening a back and slapping a battery in because they have elaborate construction. The batteries are set up in ways to get the maximum battery life. It's easier to just go to a store and say, here's, if the price isn't too high, of course, here's my device, change the battery, I go home. That's it. Apple is not trying to mess with you and sell you batteries. It's just a matter for product reliability to make it really thin. The only way to do it is to have the battery difficult to replace. And it's not just Apple. A lot of other companies doing the same thing for thinness and product reliability, not to mess you up. In fact, Apple suffered partly in the last quarter, not just China sales, but in sales of new iPhones, because a lot of people didn't know that you can change the battery very easily on an iPhone. And so when the unit got old, they said, oh, it's not sustaining a charge. My iPhone is bad. I'll get a new one. Apple had kind of a scandal where they had a software update to prevent problems with batteries that were, as they say, depleted. They automatically de- reduce power in those devices, reduce the performance to avoid sudden shutdowns. And they got dinged for that because they didn't explain it properly. So last year, they offered batteries for $29. Now it's $49 and $69. The point is people suddenly realize, oh, for $29, I can replace the battery on my iPhone or iPad. It's still going to work good because they delivered an operating system that made older devices faster. And people said, I don't have to replace this. I'll keep it a couple of more years. So Apple suffered, but they did it anyway. That's the story. Well, That's and as, they, as they should, you know, I've got it. My laptop's a little clunky. It's a regular Windows based one, but I mean, I just, when my battery's empty, I just turn it over and slide a little switch basically uh, that holds the battery in, pull it up, put a new one in, takes about 20 seconds. Yeah. That's how, I, that's how, um, you know, Mac laptops used to be. I've got a Mac MacBook Air that I'm talking to you through right now. That uh, there's no way I'd try to crack this thing open to look look for the battery. There's a way, but you really, really have to go through hoops to do you know, it. I felt I felt comfortable taking apart my Mac SE back in 1992. I'm not comfortable any anymore. Well, I think right now the battery's like 129 for a MacBook Air. It's not going to go tomorrow. Okay. It's going to last two or three years. The way you notice is where you charge the thing up and it's depleted much faster. Then you replace the battery. But I wouldn't worry so much about it because, as I said, they're third-party dealers who do it and there's no risk of damage. If the third-party dealer or Apple damages your computer, they got to buy you one. And they don't oh, want to buy you one. So that's where it is. They want to make sure you're satisfied with it. So I agree with you. I'd like to be able to replace the battery easily on an iPhone. I'd like to take my MacBook Pro where I have a replaceable battery and do it easier without dealing with these teeny tiny pentalobe screws, like 10 or 12 of them. And when I do a replacement of something, I always lose a couple of screws. I have to keep spares. So maybe someone has screw loose when they designed that. That's a bad pun. Gene, Randall, and Jason, you're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The partial government shutdown is over. I'm excited that the government will be reopening. I think it's about time. Let's go back to work on Monday. I can't wait. Democratic leader Chuck Schumer. The shutdown ends. 800,000 federal workers will get their paycheck. Millions of Americans who depend on federal government services will be getting those services once again. It's a deal that the president had said he wouldn't make, but he did extract one promise from it. Congressional leaders will now spend the next three weeks negotiating a border security package. If we don't get a fair deal from Congress, the government will either shut down on February 15th again, or I will use the powers afforded to me under the laws and the Constitution of the United States to address this emergency. You're listening to USA Radio News. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Every hiring manager knows that a company is only as good as the people it's made from. So where do you find the best people? That may surprise you. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. This is talent worth knowing about. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, 
Do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future. And you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. This is not a technology radio show, but we all are forced to use the products of technology, and therefore we get into it. One thing I wanted to mention to you in the final two segments of the show, and we talk about all the wacky things that are going on, people report and even getting after the inaccuracies of human perception, we still have wacky events going on. In your studies, Jason, do you find many people are faking it? Um, I haven't found a lot of people who are faking it. Uh, I've already uh, complained about people who do fake it, uh, which is really frustrating. I have found, and I never include these people in articles or, or books, but I, I have found lots of people who are not believable. Uh, okay, sure, we're, we're talking about ghosts or uh, you know a Bigfoot encounter, or uh, you you know I, I saw an extraterrestrial. You know that's pretty far out there stuff for most people. But I hope I have a pretty good BS detector. You know, again, I've been a journalist for a really long time. Interviewed tons of people. I can generally tell when someone is false. Uh, I really hope I can because my old, you know, my, my older two kids are becoming teens right now. So I need to know <laughs> when, when they're telling me a story. When Keep- you say you've got a, a good BS detector then, and what are some of the things that you do to try to separate out the signal from the noise? And I try, I, you know, I, I, I try to get a good feel on somebody. Yeah. Cause I, I, I don't just, jump in with the so what did you see what did you encounter what did you feel uh you know i I try to develop some kind of rapport first um just nice light conversation try to find you know something in common uh which will relax them uh and and if a person if a person you're interviewing is relaxed they're gonna uh you know open up to you more be a little bit more honest and then if they're talking to me about their ghost encounter or talking to me about that time they were in the woods and something was stalking them, you know, or, you know, the time that they saw something in the sky, they just couldn't explain. I'm going to feel that, you know, they're telling me something that's either real or they believe it's real, which if they, if they believe it's real, it's still a good story. But if I talk to somebody who's, been aboard a UFO, has seen Bigfoot, has given JFK a back rub in the last two weeks, you know, and and can can remote view, uh, you know, bungalows on Mars. You know, this person's full of garbage. And I've talked to quite a few of those people. Bungalows on Mars. Just a minute here. That'd be a good way to do it, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. It depends on where it was. Elon Musk. Sedonia, maybe. 
Yeah, I I don't know if I'd want to live on Mars. It's a little too desolate there. You have to stay indoors a lot or wear a spacesuit. Right. You know, at uh, at the at the equator, it can get as hot as sixty seven degrees. Yeah, but at can you equator. breathe? Well, no, but I mean, we're just talking temperature right now. It's yeah. much preferable than what I've got right here. Of course, at the rate we're going here, I mean, are we going to be able to breathe? You know, they've actually got, and they've had them for some years now, machines in some of the big cities in Japan that are like telephone booths where you go in and you get oxygen for when they have really hyper-polluted days so that you can actually breathe. That's scary. That's bizarre. We've got another question here from TDSR. This is part two of his question. He says, well, if you had an unlimited budget, which paranormal phenomena or other phenomena would you try to solve? And I'll just add, and how would you go about doing that? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I think, um, I think it'd be Bigfoot. And that'd be starting small, <laughs> looking, looking, looking for Bigfoot. I think I would. I think if there is any cryptozoological creature out there that can be proven to exist, I think Bigfoot is it. I'll throw the Tasmanian tiger out there as well. The thylacine. I'm pretty certain it does exist, even though it became extinct in in uh, 1936. There have been lots of sightings, so it very well could exist. But I, I think Bigfoot's the big one. Um, yeah, let's go with what's Bigfoot. A, did you say th- what's a thylacine? Thylacine. There was a um, marsupial wolf that lived in uh, Australia, Tasmania, uh, New Zealand, and Indonesia for tens of thousands of years. Uh, whenever uh, England uh, started dumping their uh, prisoners on Australia. Uh, the thylacine had been rendered just to Australia and, and Tasmania. Uh, by the time we got to the 1930s, there were so many sheep in Australia and so many thylacine. These things were, again, the size of wolves. And they were apex. They, they were the apex predator on Australia and, uh, and, and Tasmania. They, they were also called the Tasmanian tiger because they had tiger stripes on their, on their uh, flanks. Uh, but they killed sheep, and that really didn't go over well with, with the farmers. So the Australian government put a bounty on them. And between Australia and Tasmania, the farmers just slaughtered them. And they were declared extinct in 1936. The last, um, um, the last Tasmanian uh, wolf, uh, Tasmanian tiger, his name was Benjamin. He died in the Hobart Zoo in 1936. But ever since then, there have been people who have reported seeing the thylacine, yeah, out out in the bush in uh, in Australia and, and Tasmania. So, I mean, it it probably still exists. Yeah, maybe a few of them still survived. It's possible. It was it's yeah. a, it was a real creature. So this wasn't some sort of mythical creature, and then it was something that was very real. Right, right, and and I mean that still counts as a cryptos- cryptozoological creature because, according to the official record, it's it's gone, it's extinct. How about aquatic creatures? Um, oh my, okay, so our world, our oceans, ninety five percent of them have been mapped 
by satellite. However, almost that same percentage hasn't been explored. And the depths are mind-blowing. We don't know what's down there. There are There's so much of the ocean that we haven't gone down to look at. There are animals down there. We have no clue what they are. Uh, so could we have plesiosaurs? Well, yeah. Uh, how about the megalodon? Could be. Uh, the megamouth shark, which is an 18-foot-long shark uh, from prehistoric times, wasn't rediscovered until 1976. Uh, the coelacanth wasn't rediscovered. It 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 had been, uh, you know, you know, it was extinct, you know, during the night or during the uh, 65 million year ago uh, extinction. But it was discovered in the 1930s because a, a fishing boat caught one. And there are populations of coelacanth in, uh, you know, off South Africa and off, off Indonesia. So when it comes to the water, anything could be possible. I read not that long ago Thor Heyerdahl's book, uh, Kontiki. Uh, he was a Norwegian um, uh, anthropologist who postulated that humans traveled from Peru to Polynesia which is like 4,000 miles. And nobody thought that was possible because the Polynesians didn't have the, you know, the boat technology. They just had rafts. So he and some colleagues built a raft like the ancient, the ancient Peruvians might have, and they sailed to Polynesia. And one of the things he wrote in his book was at night, I can see, and this is paraphrasing, but at night I can see lights, balls of light underneath our boat in the ocean and I don't know what they are. What is living beneath us? I'll tell you what, we'll find out if we can. What lies beneath? That was a movie. Jason Randall and Gene, you're in The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. 
Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist, Dr. Nathan Newman, took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Jason Offit telling us what lies beneath. Tell us more. Cthulhu lies beneath. Yes. Again, we we don't know. I mean, are there ancient dinosaurs that still live under the ocean? Possibly. There was a sound that was recorded in the South Pacific that was called the bloop. Are you guys familiar with that? Oh, yeah. Sort of just peripherally, yeah, I've heard the yeah, right, the bloop. You can look it up. It, it was recorded. It's it, it it's online, and it was from an animal. It was from a living creature, and science doesn't know what what did it, but it was huge. It was very powerful. It was recorded like thousands of miles away or something like that. Right. So either it's a species of whale that you know is like ten times the size of a, of a blue whale. Or it's something that, that we don't know what it is. I, I'll just reiterate this. The ocean's so vast. We don't really have a clue how vast it is. Most people don't. Anything could be below us. 
That's why I don't want to go on boats on the ocean. Yeah, I think I'm more afraid of ships than planes, personally. You know, I don't want to go on boats in the ocean because I don't want to sink because I can't swim. I more trust the pilot of the airplane because there aren't that many crashes. And I realize if I'm up there, sure, I may not survive the crash, but I have a better chance, better odds than driving in a car. I don't know. The, I flew to England a few years ago, and our uh, pilot's name was Tanner. That name isn't used by people old enough to fly a plane that I'm on. That's terrifying. <laughs> what are your plans for uh, your upcoming book release? Are you going to have a bit of a tour or some speaking engagements? Is there? Do you, do, the, do you even do that? Do you do actually do lectures? Uh, yes, I'm doing one at uh, uh, Hauntacon. It's in Omaha, Nebraska on March 23rd. I'm going to be speaking about my book. I'm going to talk about monsters for about 45 minutes and then answer answer questions. Um, I'm really looking forward to talking about hairy, creepy things. That okay. sounds kind of creepy. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I wasn't talking about Ron Jeremy. <laughs> oh, man. Why did you guys have to go there? <laughs> just, I'm sorry. Um, that was me. <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> was going to say, and of course, people could bring their books if they wanted to get... Uh, you to do a book signing for them that type yes of yeah absolutely um uh, i'll be there i'll have books uh, i'm gonna have a few things uh a few things after that um i'm not ready to announce anything yet but uh my first appearance uh the book comes out in march uh chasing american monsters and uh yeah my first appearance is in omaha on the 23rd of march i may ask you another question here which Maybe silly because I write fiction, in fact, also. Do people ever try to criticize you about your factual books because you've written fiction? You know, I've actually expected that, but I have not gotten it. Uh, I think that's probably because most of my books up until 2013 uh, have all been nonfiction. I started off writing about, you know, writing nonfiction, and then I turned to write some novels. So yeah, I haven't have not gotten that, which 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 I'm happy for, uh, because you know, spending most of my career as as a journalist or a journalist instructor, uh, I'm all for telling the truth, and uh, I think people realize that. You know, the show wouldn't be complete if we didn't return to uh, how to kill monsters using common household items. If we did discuss, all right, what do you do with the zombies? Uh, you know what. With zombies, if you can't outrun or outwalk a zombie, you deserve to die. <laughs> There's the obvious one. That's Definitely. that's the obvious one. Yeah, and you know what? You got a back deck to your house? Put up a fence. Put a deer stand on the roof. Because they just kind of go up to the fence and cling to it with their and they, fingers and make hissing sounds, kind of. Exactly. You mean the put up a wall? Wait a minute, wait a minute. It's the W word, put up a wall. The biggest problem you'd have with a zombie is going to the grocery store. Okay. Where, why would that be? Oh, because you have to leave your house. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Because yeah. they could be out in the street. And then if there's a whole bunch of them coming your way, I mean, well, then I guess you just kind of go around them. Right. Oh, well, that's when you get out of the, out of the car. This is my plan whenever the zombie, and I didn't say how, I didn't say if. I said, whatever, the zombie apocalypse happen, happens. When it starts, I have a business plan. I'm going to start selling cow catchers that you can put on the front of your car. Right. Right. That's and just take one. the zombies out. It won't be a problem. And also, I've had this. I, I bake my own bread. 
All right. I think that's a skill everybody should have because I've figured whenever the zombie apocalypse happen happens, I'm going to be kind of busy and I'm going to want a sandwich at one point. Okay. Wonder Bread's not going to be open anymore because all the employees are zombies. So I got to make my own bread to make my own sandwich so I can fight more zombies. We got to get Wonder Bread back working. You know, when you were talking about this, I was thinking of the Vincent Price part in Thriller. Darkness falls across the land, the midnight hour, you know, I mean, nobody could possibly match Vincent Price. Nobody. Oh, he was classic for sure. But I don't think he ever played a zombie, though. Did he? No, No, zombies weren't big then. He played the Invisible Man. He played a mad scientist. But he also, on radio, played the Leslie Charteris character, The Saint. That's what, of course, Roger Moore played on TV. He was also in a, the first movie adaptation of my favorite book, Richard Matheson's uh, I Am Legend. The book was called, the movie was called uh, The Last Man on Earth, came out in 1964. Vincent Price was brilliant. I think he I think he was one of those unheralded actors who was positively brilliant but would never be nominated for an award. Today we would because today we consider genre films to be grade A films like was it Black Panther, the Marvel comic superhero, it's nominated for a number of Oscars. Oh yeah, the whole superhero thing is is like mainstream now. Just a regular normal drama is well, almost boring by comparison. Well, I think part of it you can attribute to the late Stan Lee because he gave his superhero human problems. You know, like Peter Parker as Spider-Man still has to deal with the pimples, still has to deal with girls at high school, still has to deal with the bullies because he can't admit that he's really a thousand times stronger than they are because he is Spider-Man. Hey, Jason Offit, please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff you do. Yeah, my website is uh, Jason Offit, J-A-S-O-N-O-F-F-U-T-T dot com. There are links to all my books. There's a blog that I keep. There's a little history on me. There's ways to contact me if you have any questions whatsoever. Yeah, there's uh, a few uh, a few of my short stories uh, on, on, on my blog page. So there you go. There you go. By the way, you can find us on Twitter. Look for the Paracast. Mostly we post announcements there about future episodes. We also have two Facebook groups, communities, whatever. And we can't merge them because Facebook in its inscrutable way will not let you do it without losing the data for one of them. We have Paracast Plus. What's that? It's the best way to support the show. Of course, we have the forthcoming new Paracast store. That will be a way to do that as well. With Paracast Plus, you get the version of this show free of the network ads, better quality audio. We also offer the exclusive After the Paracast podcast. Say that five times fast. After the Paracast podcast. You never know what's going to happen there. You never know what to expect because we do have special interviews. We even had Nick Pope, the UFO guy from the Ministry of Defense in the UK. He's also an expert, at least he considers himself an expert, on conspiracy theories. And on this weekend's episode of After the Paracast, Jason Offit 
We'll stay on for further discussions. To learn more about The Paracast Plus, go to plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S.theparacast.com. We offer subscriptions for as little as $1.49 a week, cheaper than the current price for coffee at the Circle K convenience store. How about that? It's $4.99 a month. We offer five-year and lifetime subscriptions where we give you free stuff. Plus.theparacast.com. Jason Offit, nine years was too long. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks for having me on. This has been fantastic. Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>